0: The word penultimate means the one before the last, but what about the one before that one? For this is the third to last Monday of 2021, and it feels there should be a better way of saying that. In any case, this is the first edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement for the third to last week of the year. And that's twice that we've needed that word in this podcast so far. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, here again to bring you information about the area, even if not every word is precise. On today's show, an update on the Emmett-Ivy Corridor and sustainability efforts from the University of Virginia. The new dean of the School of Architecture and the director of the Karsh Institute for Democracy introduced themselves to a board of visitors panel. More on the search for a corporate appointed city manager and a COVID update and a few more bills are before the General Assembly. In today's first Patreon fueled shout out, colder temperatures are creeping in, and now is the perfect time to think about keeping your family warm through the holidays. Make sure you are getting the most out of your home with help from your local energy nonprofit, LEAP. LEAP wants you and yours to keep comfortable all year round and offers free home weatherization to income and age qualifying residents. If you're age 60 or older, or have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. There have now been over a million reported cases of COVID-19 in Virginia since the beginning of the pandemic, and a total of 14,957 deaths. The seven-day average for positive cases is now at 8.7 percent. That number is a little higher in the Blue Ridge Health District at 8.9 percent. For most of the pandemic, the Charlottesville area has lagged behind the statewide number. There are 58 new cases reported in the Blue Ridge Health District today, but no new fatalities. The seven-day average for new cases in the state is 2,520 a day. The window closes tomorrow at 4 p.m., for firms who are interested in assisting the city of Charlottesville with interim management services until a new top official is appointed. The RFP issued on December 3rd requires a firm to provide someone with at least 10 years of municipal management experience to run the city on an interim basis. Two addendums to the proposal were made on Friday. This process is not without precedent in Virginia. The town of Amherst hired the Berkeley Group in 2017 to hire a former Pulaski County administrator to serve as interim manager. Peter Huber served for five months as part of the Berkeley Group's Executive Transition Assistance Program. Huber is now serving in a similar position in Allegheny County, according to his LinkedIn profile. According to the Berkeley Group's website, they've provided this service in dozens of Virginia localities, from the town of Abingdon to the town of Windsor. There is less than a month until the Virginia General Assembly convenes for the 2022 session. Several bills have already been filed, and the number coming in right now is low enough to report some of what's currently in the legislative information system. Senator Mamie J. Locke of Hampton, a Democrat, has filed a bill calling for a constitutional amendment granting the right for people convicted of felonies to be able to vote upon release. Delegate James Moorfield, a Republican from North Taswell, has filed a bill establishing a flood relief fund that would use a portion of the state's proceeds from the regional greenhouse gas initiative auctions. Senator David Sutterline, a Roanoke Republican, filed a bill increasing the standard deductions for Virginia income tax for both single and married people. He also filed another bill that would allow localities to issue refunds on excess personal property taxes. Delegate Lee Ware, a Republican from Powhatan, has filed legislation that would compel accommodations providers to provide more information to localities upon request in the collection of transient lodging taxes. Last week, the University of Virginia Board of Visitors met, and the December 10th edition of the show featured some information. On Friday, Brian McKenzie reported in the Daily Progress that the board voted to increase tuition by 4.7% in the 2022 school year and 3.7% for the following school year. You can read his story in the Daily Progress for more details. On Thursday, the Buildings and Grounds Committee meeting was a shorter one than usual, but members were briefed on several items of note. One related to UVA's sustainability efforts. Colette Sheehy is the Senior Vice President for Operations and State Government at UVA.
1: You'll recall that the big audacious goal for sustainability is to be carbon neutral by 2030 and fossil fuel free by 2050. Overall, our emissions are down by 44% over the last decade, uh, which is equivalent to about 160,000 tons
0: of carbon. However, that doesn't include the carbon footprint of new buildings constructed at UVA during the period, though they are now built to LEED certification, according to Green Building Standards. Sheehy said UVA has to do more to meet its goals.
1: So in order to reach our carbon neutrality goal by 2030, We need to reduce our current emissions by another 160,000 tons and probably another 36,000 tons related to new construction.
0: Sheehy also briefed the Buildings and Grounds Committee on efforts to reduce single-use plastics in order to comply with an executive order from Governor Ralph Northam. She said this is a university-wide effort.
1: The biggest challenge was actually single-use plastic water bottles. Um, which is why you now see aluminum water bottles uh, being used to the extent that we can get them. And one of the issues is supply chain and quantity, particularly if you're at a football game, and there are tens of thousands of water bottles.
0: She concluded her presentation with an update on construction of the new Emmett Ivy Precinct, which will house the School of Data Science, the Karsh Institute of Democracy, and a hotel and convention center. Utility work has been underway on the site of the former Cavalier Inn which was demolished in recent years to make way for the future.
1: We expect to be complete with all the utility and road work that sits outside the construction fencing by the end of the first quarter of 2022.
0: The south side of Ivy Road will also be altered with new retaining walls and a monumental staircase leading up to the International Residential College.
1: Foundation work for data science should start in early January um, with completion of that building in the fall of 2023. Um, The plan is the hotel should uh, begin construction in the spring.
0: Design work has begun for the Karsh Institute of Democracy. Architectural firm Howler & Yoon has been selected. There was also news about the Emmett Street Streetscape. That's one of the first projects that was funded through the Virginia Department of Transportation's smart scale process. A design public hearing for the twelve million dollar project was held in December of twenty nineteen and is being overseen by the city of Charlottesville. Alice Rocher is the UVA architect. They've submitted
1: their complete documents to VDOT, right. uh, which is one of the important one of the required steps uh, in order to begin the negotiations
0: for the right-of-way. Appraisals are underway for the easements or property acquisitions that are needed for the project. Rauscher had no timetable for when that might happen. The Emmett streetscape runs from Ivy Road to Arlington Boulevard and will include a 10-foot-wide multi-use path on the western side of the road. listening to charlottesville community engagement and in today's second patreon-fueled shout out the plant northern piedmont natives campaign is an initiative that wants you to grow native plants in yards farms public spaces and gardens in the northern piedmont winter is here but spring isn't too far away this is a great time to begin planning for the spring Native plants provide habitat, food sources for wildlife, ecosystem resiliency in the face of climate change, and clean water. Start at the Plant Northern Piedmont Native's Facebook page and tell them Lonnie Murray sent you. This is Charlottesville Community Engagement, and I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. For the rest of today's show, let's take a listen to a different committee from the Board of Visitors. After the Buildings and Grounds Committee concluded, the Academic and Student Life Committee met and heard from the new dean of the School of Architecture and the director of the Karsh Institute for Democracy. First up, Malo Hudson took over as Dean of the School of Architecture at the beginning of the academic year. He was previously at Columbia University, where he directed the Urban Communities and Health Equity Lab. Hudson said the study of architecture is focused on the public realm. We're focused on addressing some of the biggest issues in the world, ranging from climate change, all the way to the importance of cultural landscapes and heritage. Uh, to thinking about how do you build with healthy building materials and so forth, and transportation. Hudson said the School of Architecture has several priorities and values shared with the rest of the UVA community. He said the four departments in the school are all focused on climate resilience and climate justice, as well as equity and inclusion. Hudson said faculty and staff have an eye on Virginia's needs as they craft the Climate Justice Initiative. We know that we are susceptible to storms, and flooding and all kinds of things that are going on, and so how do we engage in a way uh, from whether we're talking about Northern Virginia to Hampton Roads to all the way to South? The Karsh Institute of Democracy exists to reflect on the same basic question. Melody Barnes is the first executive director of the new entity, which was founded in 2018. She said democracy is in trouble in the United States and around the world, and cited a CBS News poll from January. 71%
2: of Americans believe that democracy in the United States is threatened. A more recent poll from just about a month ago, the Pew Research Center, indicates that there are about 19% of Americans who believe that American democracy is still a role model
0: for democracy in the world. Barnes said the University of Virginia is well positioned to take up the cause and the Democracy Initiative has built on the work. We also believe that this is a moment that we have to do more and that we are well situated to do more. Barnes said the Institute will be public facing and will seek to engage with the community around UVA. We want
2: to use this moment. We want to leverage the assets and resources that we have to develop solutions best practices and new ideas to address the very challenges that I just
0: mentioned. The Institute's mission is to generate new ideas and share them with policymakers and citizens. But Barnes said the work doesn't stop there.
2: But then we translate them and use diverse communications channels to push them into the public bloodstream, to engage policymakers, journalists, the private sector, the public and beyond so that people can take those ideas up. They can be debated. They can become policy. They can become practices. Um, They can start to shape the way that we think about, talk
0: about, and do democracy. Barnes said one idea may be to offer a prize related to a specific solution. For instance, the Aspen Institute offers a $1 million contest for community college excellence.
2: We are thinking that an X Prize for democracy and partnership with others, again, leveraging the asset of the university and all the knowledge that's here could be a wonderful way to bring greater attention to some very specific challenges
0: that are facing democracy. Barnes said a democratic society will always face existential challenges. She said the Institute will be set up to take a long-term view towards curating conversations.
2: This will be the journey and uh, an issue for the country, I think, for the life of, of the country. We will always be engaged in these battles and, and, and these debates.
0: Stay tuned. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. And just sticking with the theme of democracy for a quick second, I do this work because I really and truly believe that the public needs information about what's happening in its democratic institutions. And of course, I have focused most of my career on local issues and getting as many people to know what's going on and to know how the conveyor belt works or engine or whatever metaphor you want to use, because it's just a metaphor. Uh, I believe that by doing this work, um, I'm hoping to do my part. And, of course, you're doing your part by listening and by hopefully sharing it with other people. There are other ways to do that as well. Of course, this is a a project of my company, Town Crier Productions, and if you want to support that, there are several ways to do that. By this point, you probably know what they are. You know about the $5 a month, $50 a year, $200 a year subscriptions through Substack, the Ting will match. That's right, the company Ting will match. You know about that. You know about Patreon. You also uh, could send a gift subscription to somebody else. If you know somebody who would really like to know this, why not send them a gift subscription? Uh, It would really uh, help out a lot and of course uh, um, everything does get matched by Ting. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program, ready to produce this one so I can get on to the next one. Thank you very much and uh, stay tuned and uh, stay safe and uh, stay informed. That is the point of Charlottesville community engagement, and I really do appreciate you listening. Stay safe. I already said that. Uh, See you next time, and bye.